You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Spits and Suds on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Gavin Spittle and joined by... A guy that I've been trying to get on, but he's so busy talking stars hockey with the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan. Hopefully you've been as impressed with his hockey knowledge bombs that he's been dropping. It's Joey Erickson. What's up, my man? Uh, Not much. Uh, Glad to be on. I I appreciate the uh, warm welcome. I I really enjoy getting to talk stars, and this is another great platform for me to come on and drop some of those bombs, I guess. The pride of the NCAA hockey powerhouse, St. Cloud State. Oh, yeah, man. The NCHC, baby. Uh, Having a little bit of a a rough month right now, but hopefully they can pull together. They got uh, postseason coming up very shortly. Is that where your hockey passion blossomed uh I, I wouldn't really say so it's just where it really got to uh, i guess engage at a uh, a next level for myself because i mean growing up hockey was my first love uh, i was born and raised in richardson texas um i played all the way up through high school and i was one of those i guess weird kids that wanted to go to a school with big hockey powerhouse or at least that level of hockey instead of football <laughs> like many people <laughs> want to do down here in the uh, great state of Texas. So uh, I went there and I had a great four years. I was very lucky to have a really good team to cover as well for four straight seasons. They had a couple of tough exits, but uh, I did get to see him go to a national championship. It was fun. They got pumped by UMass. <laughs> yeah. Five nothing. But yeah. it was it was really incredible to see that and uh, get to interact with the guys too and really have some nice relationships with them. And now some of them are at the big level, the next level playing in the NHL. So Absolutely. It's really fun. I, you know, I think it's fascinating when, you know, we talk about the growth of different sports. And one thing that's probably not talked about enough is the growth of college hockey mm-hmm. because it's been and become, we all know football's a massive draw. But, I mean, these are party scenes in these college arenas now. You know, you look at Arizona State, they're packing mm-hmm. a house at 5,000. I mean, who would have thought – 20, 25 years ago that Arizona State would be at times a nationally ranked hockey. You know, Penn State has a nice barn. Mm -hmm. Like, all these smaller barns that are just becoming these party scenes for kids, like bands playing. It's just just a cool thing to go to. Yeah, it's amazing. And we were blessed in the NCHC. I got to travel to some amazing arena, like the Ralph is just state-of-the-art there in North Dakota, and we know how much, how much uh, the blood runs deep there. Yeah, in that, Craig and Ludwig. That, yeah, at that school. Uh, Western Michigan is a, another team. They, they call them the Lunatics there. That section uh, goes crazy, and it really is. It, and you talk about the Arizona States of the world. I mean, there's talks about Arizona eventually having a Division One program. Yeah. And, yeah, it's great. And, and more people are choosing to play college hockey, which is really nice. A lot of the young, hot prospects – when you usually see them, they'll just go straight to juniors or they eventually make that next step to the HL. They want to play college hockey. They want to be a part of that atmosphere. Yeah. And I think that's great for the game. And it's going to grow the game more. 
because a place like St. Cloud that I went to, a smaller community, the little kids in that community, the players they look up to are the people that play for the Huskies. Yeah. A lot of times it's not all the players that play at the Wild, even though they are big, but that's a little bit more realistic for them. Like, these are guys right from my own neighborhood or came from similar communities like myself, and they're playing at a high level. Like, I want to be like them, and I think that's great. Yeah, that's really cool. You know, it is fascinating that the NHL GMs now are – encouraging players to go to college, Mm -hmm. as you said, because they like the systems that they're in and, you know, they can watch them, monitor them closely. You know, Riley Tufte was a good Mm -hmm. example of a star's top draft pick and they wanted him to go to college, encouraged him to go to college. Hasn't worked out like we all would like to see. However, you know, that's, that's a good example. Um, But we wanted to talk about the stars last night Mm -hmm. and, you know, usually we do three editions of this per week, but you know, last night after last night, last night's uh, tilt, I just felt as though, you know, wanted to pop the mic today and talk about a couple of things. So yesterday I came on here with Sean Shapiro and I said that team on Saturday against the avalanche Mm -hmm. was a cup contender. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. I also said, bring the energy that you had on Saturday Mm -hmm. To Monday night against Calgary, a team that was desperate, but a team that had lost five straight and mm-hmm. were really struggling to score. And I know everyone talks about the breakaway with Toffoli at the end. Obviously, the Stars, you know, Lindell, Hockenpah were kind of caught on their heels. Mm-hmm. That stuff shouldn't happen. But at the same time, I personally felt the game was kind of lost in that first 10 to 15 minutes. I just didn't feel as though they came out with the energy and the legs like they could against a, you know, I mean, that's a, it's a physical Calgary mm-hmm. team, but it's also a Calgary team that was desperate. And it's like, you can take advantage of that. And I just felt as though, you know, and this is what scares me about the stars, mm-hmm. Joey is, is that like, you have something against Colorado on Saturday. Why can't you replicate it on Monday? Yeah. They look like two completely different teams. They got, caught chasing. I was in the building last night. I had the, the privilege of going. Nice. And uh, before Toffoli uh, spoiled the party for some extra hockey, I was excited to watch two of the worst teams past 60 minutes <laughs> duel it out and some three-on-three. Three. But you're absolutely right. They struggled in a defensive zone. It, it was pretty abysmal, honestly. They got caught chasing. Uh, and I know DeBoer wants the defense to really step up and be aggressive. And to me, it seems at some points it's a little bit too much. I agree. Too many... Uh, defenseman pinching in some unnecessary spots. Yeah, it's a great and point. Yeah, and allows them to get caught. And, and over the last month where they've really struggled is odd man rushes. They have given up so many yeah. of these two-on-ones, three-on-twos, and most of the time it's ending up in the back of their net. Uh, they left Otter to hang out, hang out to dry. I, I mean, he, he couldn't do much last yeah. night with... Uh, Calgary was really good in the, in, the, in the offensive zone, and they got the, the Stars chasing, and they made them uh, pay for it a couple times. You know, it's almost like we're reverting back to Lindy Ruff days. No, I, 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 that's a great point because I'm thinking the same way. I'm like, man, this team can you know put up four goals, yeah. but they're not winning now. Yeah. Uh, like, that's such a big problem. And, and it seemed like a vibe in the building, too, where Calgary's just uh, an abysmal team. Like, they're really bad. But that's not what I see out right. of Calgary Flames, especially with a veteran group that's coached by Daryl Suter. Mm-hmm. That he's not going to allow them to, to quit. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned they were desperate. This could be a point where it saved their season. Maybe yeah. they get into a, a second wild card spot. I don't know. They've struggled to put some games together and, and w- go on a nice winning streak. But, I mean, you have Kadri and Huberdo, and I know yeah. they lost 200-point scores, but they got a couple back. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I mean, technically, and, yeah. they're rebuilding. I think a lot of people yeah. forget that, that mm-hmm. they're technically a rebuilding team. And I know that because of the off-season moves that they made, 
a lot of people said, well, you know, here comes Calgary again. But mm-hmm. the the reality is, is that they kind of have to restock, but they did get Cadre. You're right. Huberto is, I think, a good signing. He's mm-hmm. a solid player. Yeah, I think I, I think they have some good, solid players. I mean, I, th- I, I still have a lot of faith in Blake Coleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't. You know, hasn't been the greatest fit in Calgary, you know, yeah. but um, I, I think he's a valuable piece. And I, I just think that they have a, a lot of nice pieces. And, you know, as we saw last night, and I said this on yesterday's podcast, you know, there are goalies around the league that I don't care if they're struggling or whatever. Yeah. But, like, I don't want to face Jacob Markstrom. No. Like, that's a that's a solid net mind. Yeah, he's had a down year. Yeah. But he can put it together. Yeah. And that's all it takes. And we saw a guy like Anton Hudobin. He can put it together yeah, for, yeah. for an entire postseason. And that's what can happen. But... Uh, again, Dallas struggled to connect passes through the neutral zone. They had a lot of failed uh, dump-in attempts yeah. and a lot of giveaways. They gave a lot the puck, of yeah. giveaways. And, and, it, and it fed Calgary's offense. And it was nice to see some resilience, but that's no not a huge surprise out of Dallas. They've come back from deficits before, but every time they seem to catch up, Calgary's right back on them, yeah. and they just were on their heels again. You know, I think this Stars team also gets in the habit of trying to make that extra perfect mm-hmm. pass rather than just shoot the puck. There were a couple times last night where I'm like, you had a good opportunity to Domi shoot the puck. Domi had one. Domi had mm-hmm. one, absolutely. And the other thing is, is the blind pass. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I understand it can be effective. You guys have been playing all year. You know, the Coyotes mentioned after the game, they just, the stars know where they where they are. But at the same time, those blind passes seem to, you know, lead to a lot of those odd man and needless um, giveaways. So, uh, I, you know, I, candidly, I got a little frustrated last night. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to happen. But at the same time, I thought after the way this Stars team has played in the last week, picking up points against Vancouver, granted it was a loss, picking up points against the Coyotes, the Blackhawks, a big win in Vegas, and then the Colorado Avalanche. I'm like, you know, I thought Calgary, you could at least get a point out of it, which they almost did, but should have gotten uh, two points. I did want to talk about Mason Marchman at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand he scored on Saturday, but I wanted to get your thoughts because, you know, Sean and I had talked last Friday on Spits and Suds about moving Marchman to the fourth line yeah. because we didn't think Delandria should be penalized. Now, okay. on Saturday, I thought Delandria lit up that fourth line. Mm-hmm. He was terrific. I called him on Monday a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, I just, I think. Like, Marchment needs to go back to the basics, and I'm just not personally, like, I think we've given it enough time, and I mm-hmm. think, you know, I want to see someone else there. Yeah, and that, that is a good point. I never really thought of that. It is interesting because there are the traits there with a guy like Mason Marchment that you really love, and he can still affect the game even if he's not scoring all the time. I know we get caught up in him. He's not putting the puck in the back of the net. I get that, but he can still affect the game with the way he forechecks. He has that a little bit of Alexander Radulov in him. Radulov, yeah, Radulov yeah, you're in right, him. You're right. Where he's he he's a little uncanny. He can be a little bit wild. Yeah. He takes some penalties at inopportune times. But when he gets in on the forecheck, he he's not afraid to be physical. He can win some puck battles. But yeah, that is interesting because Delandria is a guy that I think is more accustomed to a fourth line role where mm-hmm. he's a little bit more grindy, but at the same time, he showed some flashes where he can really make some differences. Uh, I mean, he's been paired up with 
Johnston and Ben for most of yeah. the year until yeah. the acquisitions of the signings with Domi and Dodonov. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't hate it, and maybe it takes some pressure off of him to not feel like he has to score so much. Yeah. That could be big, and let Delandria play up with a, a Sagan and Domi. Domi's made a real nice impact, I think, with Sagan. Yeah. Because Domi's not afraid to keep the puck on his stick. Sagan just doesn't have that speed anymore. We know about all the injuries. It's hard for him to create offense by himself all the time. Agreed. And, and I think with a guy like Domi, who he's a lot faster than I thought, too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. He can move, and, man, he's shifty, and he can make some really, really great passes that yeah. I don't think a lot of guys can see. You know, you made a nice back check last night, and I know mm -hmm. that that's one of the criticisms of Max Domi yeah. is not the best defensive <laughs> mm -hmm. forward. But, you know, I... I I, I'm looking at him this year because I look at the teams he's been on and they have not been like the defensive stalwarts mm -hmm. either. So he's been on a lot of bad teams. Yeah, he's never know. played on a really a big contender. No, no, <laughs> at all. You're right. Yeah. Arizona, Montreal. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see who else. Arizona, Arizona. And that was during a really bad. Yeah, period. Arizona, Montreal. Mm -hmm. He went. To, he did go to Carolina. Yeah, for, uh, for the playoffs, mm -hmm. but that was but that was brief. But we have not seen, you know, a you know, a number of games with Ty Domi with a contender, you know, on effective lines. Mm -hmm. So uh, that'll be, you know, interesting to see. I like what you said about Ottinger being, you know, left out to dry because I just felt as though those Calgary chances were just like A1 chances. Mm -hmm. Even DeBoer mentioned it after the game. Like, you know, this isn't on Jake. Yeah, and the middle of the rink was wide open. Yeah. I mean, the goals Zdorov scored, you should yeah. never allow a 40-foot Never with rank rank pass <laughs> like yeah. that, uh, and and he had uh, he had bodies in front of him. I mean that should just never happen, and, and that's that's what was uh, a lot of the issues. They were got caught chasing, and next thing you know, they're getting great a chances in the slot. Uh, and, and and Jake bailed you out of a couple times. Uh, yeah. they, they should have been down probably by three or four <laughs> at some points. Um, yeah, and you know, one of the things that I talk about on this podcast, and maybe I'm a little old school, is going into that dirty area. Mm -hmm. And I just feel as though I appreciate all the shots that the mm -hmm. Stars put on net. But a lot of times I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, those are from the corners. Yeah. Those are from the angles. And, you know, you got to get in there and create some havoc in front of a goalie like Markstrom. You cannot give mm -hmm. Jacob Markstrom clean looks. The opposite way, I felt as though the Stars themselves set screens for Ottinger last night. <laughs> yeah. I understand Lindell's good at blocking shots mm -hmm. and everything like that. But, you know, at the same time, you got to allow your goalie. You have to have the confidence. Like, you know, I don't mind a, a block up front. But if you're standing right in front of them and you're trying to kick it away, mm -hmm. that's always not the best idea for a goaltender. And, and I think that's a lot of people's biggest concerns when you talk about the postseason. Dallas does not have a lot of lot of size on the back end I agree at all and they didn't really do anything to address at the deadline which I understand they're a little bit restricted and they needed to make some moves which they did and I think a lot of people are happy with them but they don't like playing Lundquist late in games at all probably due to the fact that his size is just not there yeah uh, Miro is a great defender he does really well at blocking guys out but I mean, he's not 6'6". He's not exactly. headman. <laughs> he's not headman. We, we can be honest about this. Yeah. So it, it really is hard for them to clear bodies out. And, and I think that's going to be a huge concern when you talk about getting to greasy areas. And, and that's one thing the Stars have probably lacked because they are a great team off the rush. They're really good at scoring off the rush. But when it comes to the cycle game and getting interior, not always the best team. Uh, obviously, they have great deflections. They can get guys like... I mean, Sagan's had a couple, and yeah. we all know about Joe Pavelski yeah, and yeah. his talent. So 
but that's what's going to come down to when you're talking about postseason hockey is taking the eyes away from goaltenders because you're going to have a, a goaltender, if he gets hot, if he sees anything from 20 feet out, it's going to be snatched up in a hurry. Right. Uh- Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On yesterday's podcast, we talked, and I saw it on Twitter today, there's a little bit of a movement about Thomas Harley. Mm-hmm. But what Stars fans have to realize is that's not going to happen unless there's an injury on the back mm-hmm. line. And even if there was, Harley might not be the first choice. So mm-hmm. I understand people, you know, kind of get in awe of that puck-moving defenseman that mm-hmm. can create some offense on the power play. But I think the Stars are very satisfied with him in Texas, sitting there, going on a Calder Cup run, continuing to gain confidence and, you know, salary cap-wise, they'd have to make some moves. I mean, they're right mm-hmm. up against the cap. So, you know, Sean pointed out on yesterday's mm-hmm. podcast, just to make it very clear, <laughs> it's not happening. Yeah. So. And I would love to see him, too, right? I, I think a lot of people would. <laughs> He's shown some some signs, and he got to play a lot last year, which I think is good for him. Yeah. Experience is experience. And, and when we talk about these Texas Stars teams, they've made deep postseason runs uh, for the past few years, and there's guys like Delandria that were in that system. Yep. And those are big hockey games. I know it's not to the level of Stanley right. Cup playoffs, but it's a big hockey games to be in. It's always good to have those experiences, and you don't want him to lose his confidence as a young guy. I mean, we've seen that happen multiple times with yeah. some players. Yurianov. <laughs> oh, yeah. The confidence just, just stops, and, and then the confidence goes away, and then they can't produce like you would like them. So yeah. keep him there. Why not? And the other thing is, is that people have to realize Harley's not big either. No. Uh, so, I, he's, like, for everyone I, thinking, it, like, get rid of Suter mm. and bring in Harley. I understand Suter mm. is clearly on the downside <laughs> of his career. Mm-hmm. However, like, if something happens and you have Harley and Lindell and Haskinen and then you have Lundquist, mm-hmm. that is probably some of the smallest defensemen yeah. in the league. And then you put Hockenpah, and he's like the anomaly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it's funny because when they drafted Harley, I was like, oh, it's a bigger Miro. <laughs> he's yeah. just a little bit bigger than Miro. Yeah, yeah. You just, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and I mean, I don't think, I mean, I think Hockenpah uses his stick reach, but I don't look at him as an overly physically physical defenseman yeah. as well. Yeah, he know. gets beat quite a bit yeah. off some board battles. Uh, the the nice thing about him, he's a, he's a good penalty killer. He can eat up some Absolutely. minutes. Uh, and that's where the Stars had some trouble at, uh, last night with as well because one of their best penalty killers, Miro, was <laughs> in the box a yeah. couple of times, which hurt them. And, and that's special teams has been a roller coaster, and they're not getting those timely goals. Right. Because we talk about the Toffoli goal at the end. They had a power play right before that. Yeah. You could have buried them, took them out of the game. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, and I know get people got caught up with the personnel and, and whatnot, but my – Thing is, is that shouldn't happen no matter who's out there. (laughs) Who cares? Yeah, it may not have been your top four defensemen or your top two, but who cares? That's just, that shouldn't happen at any level. Yeah, I thought DeBoer answered the question brilliantly. He said, we can't play him 60 minutes a night. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the reality, and you want him to start overtime. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you're right. You, I mean, you have two (laughs) defensemen on the ice. There's no way that, like, let's just be honest, Tyler Toffoli's not a speedy guy. No. I mean, you know. 
He's a great he offensive fast, though. player. Yeah, looks like Madonna. He, he's a, he does. He does. He's got the nice lettuce going. You know, he's mm. he's been a terrific NHL player. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, with that amount of time left, absolutely. The puck on his stick, I'm all about it. Yeah. If you know, if I'm a Calgary fan, but at the same time, you can't allow someone to Mm-mm. you know get behind you like that. So, so now we're on to a six game uh, trip. Yeah, and uh, this is going to be interesting because Buffalo, while not in the playoff chase, hungry, hungry, <laughs> and came into the AAC and beat the Stars. Mm-hmm. Tage Thompson is a superstar, beast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Don't go back if you're a Stars fan and look at that draft. <laughs> I'm just saying, mm-hmm. don't go back and look at that. Someone was selected before Tage Thompson. So, and then you have a weird situation where you go to Seattle for mm-hmm. two games and then you're up, you know, in the north. So, this is kind of for me, you know, a kind of a telltale sign about this road trip. It seemed as though when I was looking at the post game that the guys are genuinely happy to be going on the road and kind of regroup and get together, mm-hmm. you know, find some bonding moments with the new players, but at the same time, just kind of get back to the basics. Yeah, and I probably concur with him. It feels like they've played their best hockey away from the yeah. AAC, which is not very characteristic of the last few seasons with the Stars. They're usually dominant at yeah. home. But we've seen teams come in and push them around. Yeah, And, and uh, yeah, I, I think they do get back to the basics a little bit. Uh, on the road, uh, f- they play a lot of road games kind of to end the season in the final stretch. Fortunately, it's not a lot of great opponents. Uh, I mean, there's some games in there that you can win, but uh, there's going to be teams like Calgary that are itching to get into a playoff mm-hmm. spot. Five to six points out, and you're going to have to try to end someone's season, so to speak, down the stretch. Like, hey, let's 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 bury them and, and prove they don't belong in the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs. So it, it'll be interesting. And they're, it's very up and down right now. And that's something for about three and a half months, uh, that upward trajectory. They just kept getting better and better and better. And now here we are. They're, they're bumbling. They've hit a few speed bumps. Yeah. But hopefully they get on the road and they get back to what they're really good at, and that's defending well and putting enough pucks in the back of the net. You have to play who's in front of you, but I was mm-hmm. just checking out the playoff picture, and of the teams, please make it Minnesota in the first round. You, you want Minnesota? I do okay. want Minnesota. I don't want Edmonton. See, I don't either, because obviously Connor McDavid can yeah. take over yes. entire series. Yeah. I am not afraid of Edmonton by any means, yeah. but I just do not want to take on 97 and 29. I don't either. A- a- at all, and, and that's really interesting, because right now, as a Stars fan, I'm thinking, I don't care if we finish in the top spot in the West. I really don't. At this point, I think the first round is going to be so chaotic this yeah. season. It's going to be wide open, the Western Conference. So I'm looking for that good matchup. I think in the NHL, more than I can remember, uh, eight and one are, I don't want to say evenly matched, but I mean, you know, if, if it ends today, you're either playing Colorado or Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And... That's not good either way. No, no. And, you know? and Colorado's vulnerable right now, but sure. you just get them in, and that's what it's all about nowadays, just yeah. getting into the dance. They got Nechuskin coming back. Yeah. They got Landeskog coming mm-hmm. back. And, and McCarr is going to get his feet under him after yeah. his concussion. But, yeah, there's there's a lot of matchups I, I wouldn't like. I'm 
I wouldn't be a big fan of Minnesota, but I can see where you're coming from. That's a team they've played well against this season. They have. That's and why I, I like and, it. And I don't think Minnesota ha- has enough depth to compete with Dallas. They have some good size on the back end. Yeah. Gustafson has been playing really, really great. He's yes, a guy he that's probably going to take point. over the, the reins yeah, absolutely. as the number one spot. Yeah. Flurry's just not having quite the year he would like. But again, you can get Flurry in the playoffs. Who knows what happens? Yeah. So get the juices flowing. Uh, obviously, you would love to have like a Seattle or, or LA. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, I'll take a uh, Seattle and LA, but yeah, it you have look to hope that way. against you have to hope Edmonton takes over a spot yeah. or something like that. Because I think one through eight is almost set. We'll see if Calgary can really put it together yeah. to, to to challenge. And, and Nashville's still right there, surprising enough, even though they're selling, but they're still right in the in the the thick of things. Yeah, I'm also fascinated about the East. I wanted to just go over that real quick mm-hmm. with you. I mean, I, you know, we were talking about this. I, I really feel as though when you look at it, maybe they have to go back to the old one to eight because oh, yeah. I can't have Toronto and Tampa playing in the first round. Yeah. And I can't have the New Jersey Devils mm-hmm. and Rangers squaring off. I understand that's a cool rivalry. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like those teams are too good for one of them to go out in the first round. Yeah, I've never liked the new setup, and I know that's what the NHL was trying to breed, the the regional rivalry, right. so to speak. But rivalries just happen naturally in the playoffs yeah. anyways. So, yeah, and better teams get out quicker. And, and and it's a shame because you – and that's why in the last couple of years it feels like the first round is usually the best out yeah. of all of them because sometimes you get those two, three matchups that are insane. And you're right. Uh, Toronto in, in Tampa Bay first-round series seems uh, almost a little inappropriate because uh, you do all that work in the regular season and it doesn't seem like you get benefited for it. And, and that's one thing – if you're the stars, you would love for them to finish in the top spot in the central, so they at least get to play a wild card opponent. Yeah. Because if you finish second or third, it's it, it, it's like man, we did all this and we didn't really get rewarded. But yeah. at the same time, you're going to have to go against those good teams anyways to get through. And the East is just, I mean, loaded. And it was funny at the trade deadline, uh, the winners was the Western Conference because <laughs> everybody oh, got shipped yeah. over to the East. It was crazy. And, and I, I mean, even with New York and all the additions they had. They didn't look that great against Boston the other day. Yeah, no, they didn't. <laughs> but that's just how good yeah, Boston no, is. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, finally, okay. you grew up here in Richardson. Mm-hmm. Jamie Benn guy? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've always liked Jamie Benn. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I think sometimes the whole situation with him not scoring is a little bit overblown. Uh, but I can understand when you're getting paid that much, you want him to produce like a superstar. But I just... I don't see Jamie Benn in that Crosby-type, Ovechkin-type tier. Uh, you know, I, at one point he was one of the best power forwards in the game, but you have to give him a lot of credit for what he did here. Uh, he pulled this organization a little bit out of the abyss, yeah. and he got him back to the playoffs, and he's been a great captain and a great leader. A thousand games, uh, yeah, amazing. Yeah, and, and it, it, it sucked to watch them lose that final. You could see how much it ate him yeah. up against Tampa Bay. Um I, I get the contract and everything, but I, I've always been a, a, a Jamie Benn guy. And one of my favorite things about him is his postseasons. He usually performs yeah. at a very high level. The one thing I, mm-hmm. I, I like about this year, I know this is going to sound like sour grapes, old uh-huh. man spittle, is that the Jason Robertson chase for you know the greatest season by a star yeah. and the Jamie Benn 1000 and his shorthanded goals and mm-hmm. – Mike Madano comes on the screen. Yeah. Will you contribute to my GoFundMe 
that I haven't created yet to get a statue of Mike Madonna at oh, the AAC. Absolutely. Nice. We need the flow and the jersey just flailing <laughs> around where he's going 90 miles an hour down the right wing side. And what they really should do is one of the best things about McDonough's best attributes was his strength in that one-hand stick pop. Oh, he could just yeah. pop people's sticks up, take it away, and go yeah, the other way. He was yeah. amazing at that. Very underrated, very underrated part of his game oh. is his one-hand strength. He could just pop people's sticks. It, it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we talked about this on a previous pod. It was like, you know, I, I'm like arguing with Stars fans because Stars fans think he's a traitor. Because he went he, to the wild. Yeah, because he went yeah. to the wild. And it's like, well, we didn't offer him a job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's mm-hmm. kind of a reason. So I, I just think that sometimes he's forgotten of yeah. how much he meant to this city. Craig talks about it, you know, how much he was a great influence here in Dallas, Fort yeah. Worth. And, you know, how big of a part clearly was of that Stanley Cup team. And it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, I don't want anyone to forget about nine because to me it's like you had one of the greatest players in basketball history in Dirk Nowitzki. Mm -hmm. You also had – similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you also had one of the greatest – uh, American hockey players in the history of the game in Mike Madonna. Yeah, you can thank youth hockey and the Metroplex for Mike Madonna. Yeah. I mean, you really can't. I grew up with Metroplex hockey. I mean, I was born in 99. It wasn't that big at the time, but as I grew up, more and more teams, more and more players were happening throughout the Metroplex. I mean, I was traveling all the way around DFW, getting to different rinks, and, and, and he really started the growth of this game. And I mean, the Stars did uh, in particular, but uh, I mean, I can't tell you how many kids were wearing nine when I was growing yeah. up because they wanted to be like Mike Madonna. Yeah, he was the one that 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 really inspired them to play the game of hockey, and I think that's important to remember. And it almost is a shame that we don't have a, a bronze statue of him quite yet. It would look pretty nice next it to Dirk. Would. Though. It look, would. It would. sick. So listen, guys, for mm-hmm. all the people that say we don't talk hockey on 105.3 <laughs> The Fan, I don't know. I happen to be a Tolo myself, yeah. and I listen to Joey, and the knowledge he's spitting during the KNC Masterpiece is pretty awesome and on point. So where do they follow you on Twitter? Uh, Joey the Jet 19. Joey the Jet. Yeah. Wow. I used to I play like on a uh, youth team called the Jets, and that's where it came from. Okay. <laughs> the right. Dallas Ice Jets, if anybody uh, can remember them back in the day. Okay. <laughs> all right. What position? Uh, I played center and wing normally. Okay. Yeah, I played a lot of wing. In high school, I, I, I basically played wing. I didn't, like to, I didn't like to play a lot of defense, Gavin. <laughs> you, you're, not, you're not allowed to drop the mitts at that level, are you? No, absolutely okay. not. But you can get in some, some scruffles. You can do some base watching. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was always the guy, too. This is funny because I'm, I wasn't a very physical hockey player. When the kerfuffles were happening and stuff, I was the guy that was just standing from, like, 20 feet away just laughing i'm like what are we doing guys like let's move on <laughs> so some would call me a bad teammate i i guess but yeah i, I had to play baseball at the time too so i was trying to look out for my ah uh, you were like the austin matthews kind of casually <laughs> going over to the scrum yes, yes yeah, yeah i like it i like it yeah yeah i don't think craig lugwood would like me very no, much. No. I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have the back of my teammates all the time there'd be a, there'd be a discussion in the room i would say yeah <laughs> well thank you so much for yeah, popping on you. spits and suds really appreciate it he's joey the Jerick, uh, Joey Erickson. Yes. Check him out. Joey the Jet 19. 19. Yes. On uh, Twitter. That's going to do it for another edition of Spits and Suds. Hey, folks, we had a record uh, February for Spits and Suds. So super excited about that. And that's why we're bringing you extra programs. So thanks for the download. Spread the word. Some quality Dallas Stars and NHL talk happening right here in DFW. So we'll be back with Craig Ludwig, also Sean Shapiro later this week, right here on Spits and Suds. Have a great day, everyone.